Welcome to Caffeinated Theology this week. Uh, we are excited to be able to come again and discuss some theology with you guys uh, for the fourth episode of season three. A few things that we're going to talk about today. Uh, we will kick off our, our session today asking the question, what are some things that the church does that you wish it didn't? So each of us will have a, a little topic there. I'm answering that question and we'll discuss and then we'll jump right back into our discussion on the Holy Spirit we'll talk about the Holy Spirit um, as the paraclete um, or the helper uh, the one who is alongside us um, we'll talk a little bit about how every believer has the responsibility to evangelism and how we are all called not just pastors not just teachers but every believer is called to share the gospel and today we will be reviewing the Black Rifle Freedom Roast uh, that was brought to us by Thomas Barber, who is a guest with us today. So stay tuned for fourth episode of season three on the work of the Holy Spirit. Discussing theological truths for biblical living. Reviewing featured coffee roast and premium brewing techniques. This is the Caffeinated Theology Podcast, bringing you biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee. All right, welcome to Caffeinated Theology, episode number four, right? Episode four, season season three. three, And uh, we are continuing our conversation on the Holy Spirit, and um, we got a guest with us today, uh, Mr. Thomas Barber is with us today. Um, Thomas, it's been a little while since you've been with us. Um, what have you been doing? <laughs> What's Work. been keeping you busy? <laughs> <laughs> Work. Uh, I've switched jobs since the last time I've been there, but I'm still doing the same thing. Staying on the road, working on equipment, keeping customers happy. When's the last time you were on? I know uh, we were episode I know episode you, three of season two, I believe. Okay, so I know you were on the first episode of season two. You and Casey. it may have been the first episode. Yeah, we, that was did the you only come one. after no, that, that time? Okay, okay. Because I, I specifically said a couple of folks' names, and y'all looked at me funny. I was like, "Is that is that okay?" <laughs> <laughs> The only reason I remember it was uh, episode one of season two is for some reason I have the raw file of that saved on my phone, and my car likes to just occasionally randomly play it when I plug in my phone. That's a scary thought. you got to hear me randomly like that. I don't even like listening to myself. Well, uh, today, like I said, we're going to talk about um, a few things within the realm of the Holy Spirit, and specifically Holy Spirit as comforter. Uh, the work of the Holy Spirit as uh, an agent in salvation. But what I thought I would do, just maybe for a few minutes, um, just let's uh, let's think for a minute. Um, all of us are leaders in our in our local church, um, whether it's pastor or almost lay pastor, kinda, and almost just about, yeah. So I, I was thinking about this today, and I thought this would be something good, good exercise for us. Uh, part of the reason that we do the part, podcast is to uh, help us to grow, uh, to think deep theological thought, um, because uh, a lot of the a lot of the body of Christ, in reality, is just don't think very deeply about their faith, and um, I'm I don't say most, but some. So here's a question I was thinking about. I was taking a shower. I'm like, well, that's a good question. You know, that's something good to think about. I thought it would be good for us to to think through it. Um, all of us involved with the church, um, pastor, pastors, and almost lay pastor. So here's the question. What are some things that you see in the church that the, that the church does that you wish they did not do? Does that make sense? Yeah. I wish we quit looking for entertainment in the church. Okay. It's not there for our entertainment. It's it's there to glorify God and worship Him for who He is and what He did. Okay. What kind of entertainment are you thinking? Well, I'm just 
a lot of times you see folks and I've got some family and all goes to a church that they teach sound theology for the most part, but it's more of an entertaining thing. They got a big stage, they got lights off and flashing lights and loud music and <laughs> Is your family gonna be listening? <laughs> they might. It don't matter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> As I I told you them before, told them, I, yeah. I I don't that's to me that's taking the focus off off of God. Mm-hmm. That's that's making it an enjoyable right. experience for for everybody yeah. else and it it don't seem as reverent right. as what it should. Yeah. Well, before you go casting stones for our listeners, um we love the local church. Uh the local church does a lot of things right uh and biblically. Um these are just things to think through. Um so entertainment um and we have a praise team at at the church and um and we've been accused of it being a performance. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a, a uh, I was gonna say there's a fine line there. I yeah, think. fine line. I one of the things I kinda of thought through when, when you asked this was um and it goes along the same lines, um, is keeping up trying to keep up with culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is trying to look like culture, right? And entertainment comes in yep. a lot on that. I mean, I think it's it's great to go to church and enjoy what uh, worship is. And if you're a Christ follower and uh, the Lord's being lifted up and in reverence and in truth, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to be blessed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there's necessarily anything in and of itself wrong with uh, something that's maybe flashy or mm-hmm. uh, loud or anything like that. But why? That that would be kind mm-hmm. of the yeah. what's important. Yeah. Uh, are we doing it because this is what culture looks like, mm-hmm. and we're afraid that if we don't do this because church down the road does it and everybody says they're cool um, we won't have people right and my response to that is uh, go to a third world country um, and go to the churches in a third world country and it's sad to say a lot of the believers in those areas probably have a stronger faith Mm -hmm. than most people sitting in a pew or in a chair in a modern mm-hmm. American church because we've been so focused on entertainment mm-hmm. um, on as what you talked about Sunday um, individualism it's all mm-hmm. about me and my likes mm-hmm. and my wants mm-hmm. and uh, you know just to me that was that was that's kind of something I wish the church would just leave behind is trying mm-hmm. to look like the culture um, I hate to say keeping up with culture because we are to be engaged with our culture but I'm trying to, mm-hmm. I guess, conform the church yeah. to culture. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I thought of with that is Christian film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good Christian film, um, but I think as, when uh, um, a, a movie company, a Christian movie company, is trying to just roll out films to make money, to make money, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an issue. Um, almost every or every Christian film I've ever seen that was not based on a true story was just cheesy because, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't make up the work of God. Yeah. Now, there are some good ones, uh, but they're all the ones that, that I think have, are good are based off true stories. The uh, I Can Only Imagine movie is pretty good. It's based off a true story. Woodlawn, that's a good one mm-hmm. um, that's mostly based off of a true story. Um, but for the most part, Christian film has a a, uh, a reputation of just being weak. Oh yeah. And you know we yeah. we came through the late '80s and '90s when Christian film was just embarrassing. But uh, but even modern day, where they've got the budget behind it, the stories are just weak and cheesy. When we're tr- when somebody's trying to fictionally write, yeah, uh, what got you know a move of God, if you will. Um, and kind of back to what you were talking about the uh, the entertainment side of of church and 
trying to look like culture where, like I said, those things may not be a bad thing as far as having a big flashy set and a big production. Um, if the heart, again, is trying to reflect it or trying to look like culture and um, and be what culture is saying we should be, the next step is you start, uh, before you even know it, uh, compromising on mm-hmm. uh, theology and, and yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. important things of the, of the faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a podcast I listen to a lot is uh, the Cooper stuff with John Cooper. And his stuff's pretty good. Uh, sometimes he goes a little bit uh, way too far uh, and will get on political issues that really don't have a lot to do with the church. But for the most part, he stays pretty biblically solid. And he was dealing with, he's doing a, a series right now on the leftward drift of the Christian elites. And um, one statement he said was, uh, these people are so scared of being canceled by culture mm-hmm. that uh, they uh, maybe, he, I mean, and he just, he doesn't say what, they purposefully went left. He said maybe it was unknowingly, but they, over time, gotten away right. from, uh, gotten away from the, the core things of the faith and and one of them in particular um that he was responding to was uh i think it's phil vish phil visher is that how you say his name yeah, the, the veggie tales veggie tales guy um mm-hmm. and if you go listen to their podcast it's it's very moderate to liberal um as far as uh, uh some of the stuff that that they mm-hmm. talk about and uh, that's just kind of where you yes it's mm-hmm. kind of where you find yourself uh when yeah. you when you're focused in on uh, trying to conform to culture mm-hmm. and uh, we're attracting people with culture mm-hmm. is your number one tool, whereas the gospel mm-hmm. is the tool that yeah. God has given us. His His message is, is right. what he's given us. And I have a verse to read that kind of uh, – I had it up and it went away. That um, It's a famous verse. That goes with that, but it's Romans twelve, um, two. It says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, um, kind of on the same subject. That's not really, that's not not mine, but I kind of want to throw this out there kind of one of my peeves that just when a pastor or preacher does this I automatically just I tune out I hardly hear anything else they say when they come out in their sermon and they have a prop oh yeah like they'll have something yeah they have a ladder on stage or they'll have a car or a motorcycle and maybe it's a peeve of mine or whatever, but to me, the message I get from that is um, twofold. Either they're not confident enough with their exposition of the text, okay, or they think that the Bible isn't good enough. Scripture isn't good enough, and Scripture isn't relevant enough, so now I need to add something to draw their attention. Every time I see that, I'm like, mm, nope. Yeah. Uh, and illustrations are kind of like that, but not. They're, but they're not. So I like to use illustrations, but not to the point where. Um, you know, and Jesus used them in form of a parable in parables, but he didn't drag out, you know, his sandals and say, "See this sandal?" All the, you know, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, you the, know, <laughs> the issue with that is that's what you end up remembering. Yeah. So that's what the, what the, yeah, the person you. the person sitting mm-hmm. in, under the preaching remembers mm-hmm. the big door on stage. I we had somebody do that one time. I know not to do my paper <laughs> yeah. trick in front of you, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, but it, it's it's to the end. You don't see it to the end. You might be okay. Look, I I remember thinking um, to myself one time there was a people were just. I remember there was a few people talking about how people in the church were dressing. I think we we're past that now as a as a church here. They were talking about, well, I just wish that people would 
would uh, dress up, you know, and 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 show some some reverence, you know. And so I I heard it a couple of times, and I really, I, honestly, I, I came super close to either coming out in shorts and a tank top, or as I'm preaching, take off my coat. I get a little further. Point number two, take off my shirt and be just a tank top. But I said that, that if I did that, then all they would remember was preacher took off his clothes. You know, and it, <laughs> he's in the wrong profession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, this is not a Chippendales <laughs> review here. <laughs> not a male review. Okay. Oh, so man. I said that's all they would remember and make the word the word. I mean, make the main thing the main thing. You don't. Oh, and that's, I think that's kind of what I was getting at when I said the entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. folks look with a consumer mindset. What what can I get oh, out yeah. of it? Certainly, and um, that's I think that's per, more along the lines of what I was trying to get at when I was talking about the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Folks are looking at something to entertain them. Yeah. They're not looking ways to glorify God yeah. in the service. But you know what will cure that persecution? Most yeah. definitely, yeah. persecution take care of that. Well, that's why uh, you know one of my. One th- one thing I love to read and and listen to are books about the martyrs and persecution. Uh, me and Tracy mm-hmm. read uh, read through a book that Toby Mac wrote when we were in college, which it was kind of like a modern day book Fox's mm-hmm. Book of Martyrs mm-hmm. um, that you know, he had taken and put together mm-hmm. of the persecuted church, and right. uh, it just kind of reminds us of the mess that we focus on. It just don't matter. We don't. Yeah, yeah, we have no. Westerners have no clue what persecution is. Mm-hmm. We think persecution is church makes you put on a mask. Yeah, you know that's not persecution. That that isn't nowhere near. Yeah, there. we mentioned it last week. Uh, the book and movie, The Insanity of God, uh, mm-hmm. Nick Ripkin wrote, and and that's if you want to see. Uh, Persecution develop uh, perseverance in the faith. Read or watch, read that book or watch that movie, and learn mm-hmm. about the persecuted church around the world. Yep, excellent. Yeah, excellent book, movie. Yeah. So I'm going to share mine. That was kind of a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> mine is really what what the church does that I wish they would not do. Now again, this is not every church, but some. I wish that churches would respect their leadership. Yeah. 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 I have heard story after story of where um, groups in the church were had come against their elders or the pastors in such a way that essentially ran them out of ministry altogether. And so I, I wish that, and, and part of that is not, trust in leadership part of that might be trying to hold on to traditions i mean i mean i can't speak for every church but what i can see is what i speak to is what i see visually and and that is there is seems to be a lack of trusting in leadership and just being downright vindictive to pastors and elders and so forth and that and that stuff sticks with the church for a long long time yeah uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, not to get too into details of our church or churches in our community, but mm-hmm. I still hear stuff said mm-hmm. about this church, about our church, and other churches in the community that I know have long, yeah. long moved on from those um, toxic practices mm-hmm. um, from people who yeah. the church has that reputation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes I, a long it, time to yeah. over. over. I mean, Less than a year ago, mm-hmm. I, I've heard one that yeah. that is just not the case anymore. But it, those reputations mm-hmm. stick. So, so think about it like this: somebody um, gets accused of, I don't know, something illicit, or even the accusation over things cast doubt, yeah. even if it's not right, even if they're not right. So, 
I don't, most people know, you know, as far as in, in the local church that, you know, we've kind of moved past some of those things. But all it takes is a little bit of, of doubt and a little bit of gossip, a little bit of slander. And uh, you could do a lot of – I've seen slander. I've seen gossip almost split churches, you know. And it certainly has when there has been a senior pastor or, you know, an overseer involved. So, yeah, that's mine. That's mine. That was a good one, too. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about it. And now I will say this, that the this church has been good to me and Jason, yep. too. It's been good, um, good to both of us, um, loving, caring, um, Christ-centered church. And so that's not – we're not saying that because it's yeah. happening here. Yeah. But um, really, what I, if I think I, I think I can speak to a – kind of where some of this is with you because I know it is with me is we've had so many friends Mm -hmm. uh, some locally and some that we know other places go through what you're talking about Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just yeah it's yeah it's heartbreaking and it's heartbreaking for our friends but for the body uh, even more so Uh, the like I said I I don't know I've been in a Mm -hmm. gas pump before and somebody said something to me about a specific church in our community. I'm like, why, mm-hmm. why are you saying this to me? And th- that's like from the 80s. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. But that stuff just sticks. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what's so heartbreaking. So we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? And so <laughs> the Holy Spirit does have an active part in all of what we're saying. And I haven't. I don't think I've shared this yet. And maybe I'll do that. Or. Uh, our encounter at the <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a good one for today because yeah. yeah, well, that's may- definitely a, a reputation that is stuck. Yeah, well, well, maybe we'll do that at the end. Just remind. Just remind don't worry, I'll put a note stuck. down, and uh, we'll 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 talk about our encounter with uh, two disgruntled uh, quote unquote church members, and uh, <laughs> we'll end it maybe end the podcast on that. <laughs> My actual notes is Shamrock Run In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. All right, so stick around. We're going to dig into uh, the Holy Spirit. John fourteen twenty six. Actually, let's just jump up one verse, uh, verse 25. Jesus says, uh, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Then verse 26 of John 14 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit... Um, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit will kind of bring it all um, uh, all together for the disciples. So as I'm, as I'm reading through this, there are some things that kind of stand out. So first, the Holy Spirit here is defined as a helper. All right. And the word that is used to come alongside, we use today. Uh, often we'll we'll call organizations a para church organization, so they come along beside us. So that's the same idea here to come along beside us, and then the word kletos or to to call um, comes into play as as the translation here for for helper. Um, so what exactly what exactly is the Holy Spirit? helping us as believers uh, do. I use that word do very loosely, you know, because it's more than just doing, I guess. But what is the active role of the Holy Spirit in helping believers? Well, the, the Holy Spirit reveals and uh, and leads us in, in the will of God and in, in the the living for God. Mm-hmm. I always kind of describe the Holy Spirit when we 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 we've been talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. Of uh, um, the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us, who uh, moves mm-hmm. us, who you know, uh, guides us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always get this courtroom scene. And the same can be said of Jesus as the advocate in 
First uh, John, was it First John two one? Those verses that speaks about we have an advocate, Christ Jesus, who would stand in our stands as our place in our place, and so the same idea uh, to come beside um, as we're like we use the term paralegal. Yeah, this would be paracletus um, to come beside, stand along beside of, in that way. So helper. Um, I think of the helper in the sense of, like you said, illumining Jesus, the person of Jesus, our sin, scripture. Um, trying to think of, of the role of the Holy Spirit as keeping keeping us from doing things that we would have done in the past, but uh, acting out in certain ways, like the old man. Yeah. What? would come to life and it's like um thank you know and we were talking about these things earlier about things in the church you wish people wouldn't do but they do and and i remember this one time um i was uh, it was it was revival week and so i'm already kind of stressed out a little bit you know i want to make sure that our revival speakers well taken care of who's coming in I want to make sure that, you know, the songs are lined up and make sure that everything tries to run smoothly. Although it ain't, you know, my job to make sure all those things run smooth, but you worry about those things. And somebody came up to me to talk about uh, something in the bulletin that wasn't there. Preacher, that song right now wasn't yeah. in the bulletin. It's like, yeah, that song's not in the bulletin. And I looked at this person and I said, what, you don't like the way I'm running things? <laughs> now in that moment that was old Larry Stevens coming out that was the old Larry but it weren't too long I'm going to tell you it wasn't too long where the Holy Spirit that's that's the old man yep. you know and so um, I acted I kind of played it off like I was joking you know like I was joking and not serious but I've done things, you know, sin, and it was like the Holy Spirit just doesn't let you get away with those things. Yeah. Yeah, I had one recently similar to that. Uh, we have our community Easter egg hunt coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, we do that in conjunction with the uh, local police department and going to put out our signs like I've done for, mm-hmm. I don't know, however long we've been doing it, six or seven years. And put it on the corner where I always put it, and there's a new business there. Um, they're not like on the they're on the corner, but there's a lot of land that comes out this like part of the highway, mm-hmm. and that's where we put the sign. And they came out and they're like, "Do you have permission to put this sign out?" And I'm like, "I've been putting it here for years." She said, "Yeah, Jesus, I've been putting it here for years." And they're like, "Well, is this with the town?" I was like, "Well, it's with the police department." And then I was like, "You know what?" Mm-hmm. That's like completely the opposite of why mm-hmm. we're doing this. So just you know, mm-hmm. the spirit just immediately was like, "Yeah, oh yeah." And I went back in. and I was like, uh, uh, "We do have permission. We do this with the police department, and um, it's for the community. We want to serve the community." And mm-hmm. I just just want y'all to know that it's, it's it's we're not just putting it out there with without uh, yeah, like yeah. trying to throw it up on in front of y'all's business or anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, I always think of this scene uh, in in the Flintstones. You know, we used to get up on on every day uh, during school. We would get up, get ready for school, and we would watch either the th- Three Stooges, <laughs> Little Rascals, or the Flintstones. One of those was on. And I remember this episode of the Flintstones when I don't remember which one it was, but Fred Flintstone did something stupid. And it was like he shrunk like really small. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Was like, mm. I was just going to say, won't every episode he was doing something dumb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, in this one, is like, it was just demonstrating how he felt about that tall, you know. And there's been times when I've done stupid things and felt like that tall because the Holy Spirit convicted of that sin, which we have been talking about this with Word of Faith prosperity gospel preachers if they were full of the holy spirit 
There's no way that they can teach that kind of stuff without being convicted if they're full of the Holy Spirit. And so um, that really does come out in that verse when it says he will teach you all things. And I've often wondered, what is that all things, you know? Um, Well, it's all the things that Jesus has said to them about himself, about the kingdom, about the kingdom to come and the resurrection, you know, and, and how they will do greater things. You know, by spreading the gospel, and so yeah, he and he get, and on that note, he gives you discernment too. I think of mm-hmm. a story you shared. Uh, I think it was two episodes ago, where you said you were preaching, and somebody came to you afterwards and said, "I just when you were talking, I just knew what you yeah. were saying was true." And you, mm-hmm. you were just preaching from the word, and yeah, that's that's the Holy Spirit gives us discernment uh, to to be able to know, okay. I don't know. I guess the way to say it is: Have you ever been listening to somebody preach or teach, and you just knew something was off? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. didn't know what it was, but something was off. And the Holy Spirit does that as well. Mm. I I remember growing <laughs> growing up, um, and my friend and I we used to we used to set up, and I may have mentioned this earlier. Um, we would watch Robert Tilton and um, what's another guy? Um, <laughs> you like to spit coffee everywhere. <laughs> so Robert, Tilton. Robert Tilton and like Benny Hinn and all those guys. Oh. Now we were unbelievers, and guess do you think that we were watching it because we liked their message? No. We were watching them because we were making fun of them. We were laughing at them, and. We didn't take them serious. That that's not the face of Christianity, but in some way it ha- in some way it is. I was going to say it's not the true face, but yeah. it's what you see on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I, I know there's just been been several times where I know one time we talked about it. There was somebody who wanted to kind of be involved in leadership or, and have us involved financially with. Mm. with a ministry in the community and both of us were just like we can't put our hands on it but something's not right mm. and we've come later on down the road we find out there was a whole lot of dysfunction and uh and things that were mm. did not would not want to be associated with and involved in and that's yeah. that's the way that the holy spirit works is just through mm-hmm. just through that discernment that that he speaks right. to your heart and and leads you the Holy Spirit as helper and will teach us all things and will bring to our remembrance all that Jesus had said to, to you. He said about himself, resurrection, the gospel, um, the kingdom of God, those type of things. I always think about Ephesians 2 um, where it says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And so huh. when we're dead in our trespasses and sins, we, we can't do anything to help ourselves. We've got to have help to come out of that. Hmm. And that's the Holy Spirit calls us into life in Christ. Right. We're like dead men walking. Yeah. yeah. There you go. The walking dead. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you reference that like last, last week? week. Yeah, last, <laughs> week yeah. Yeah. last episode. Yeah, but you know, you're right, though. The, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is helper. I mean, the, the ultimate way he helps us right off the bat is revealing our sinfulness to us, mm. uh, revealing our need for a Savior. Yeah. Because I, I always thought it was – I, me and my grandparents have argued this because they, they say we, we choose Christ. and I, how, how does a dead man choose? Mm-hmm. A, yeah. a dead man can't make that choice. Have you ever been to a church and, and uh, they never preached on Jesus, sin, or any, any of the fundamental – Oh, yeah. And you're sitting there like, what in the world? I've been to churches like that, and I'm like, okay, where's where's the word? Not one single scripture. So I went to a church one time, and they didn't mention Jesus. Well, they did mention Jesus. But they mentioned it in all the things they did in the community for the police department, fire department, first responders, and they did it in Jesus' name, like they served them. And that was it. That was the whole message was how they served in their community. And I'm like, okay, where's the conviction of sin? Where's where's any exegesis of Scripture? Yeah. And some people say, well, you don't need to always do that. But here's why you yes, do. Yes, you do. Here's why you do. 
because, yeah, we did all that in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned earlier when we talked about Benny Hinn yeah. and Robert Tilton, while they we said they're not the face of Christianity, they said, well, in some, some ways they are. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's so many, mm-hmm. so many ideas of who Jesus is out there that are so far away from the biblical uh, orthodoxy that it is imperative that no matter what we do, all those things are good. We want to support our community and our law enforcement and our uh, you know, rescue and all that. We want to and we should, but mm-hmm. uh, it needs to be laced with the yeah. truth of the gospel mm-hmm. because if we just say Jesus' name, that can be anything. Uh, yeah. there's, like I said, there's just so many. Yeah. It becomes a... We want to represent the gospel. It becomes a social gospel yeah. without any verbalization that I'm dead and my trespasses and sin and I'm like the walking dead. I think Lloyd made a good point about the zombie. Their appetite is insatiable. Yeah. <laughs> Never satisfied. Never satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. The, um, At least they ain't chasing brains. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, you think about it, like walkers to use, to use an example that maybe it didn't, I mean, it isn't apples to apples, but if we were if we were in a uh, a food shortage, and the you know the Williamston Fire Department had food that people could come get, and we're out here 15 miles away, and we say, "Well, they got food uptown." Uh, mm-hmm. That's not people aren't going to be able to figure that out and go and find where that food is that they need to sustain life mm-hmm. if they're literally about to starve to death. And when we, you know, do nice things in the community, say we do that in Jesus' name, and that's well and good. But we need to to have uh, a clear path to to the gospel, um, whether it be uh, about it, something as simple as a Bible track. I know when we did those baskets for. Our uh, our first responders and stuff. We had Bible tracks mm-hmm. in them and things like that, where they could open up and read the gospel. And if it's just something that simple, because I mean, and we've talked about this throughout the duration of this podcast, all three seasons, and the purpose of the podcast. Um, there's just so many false ideas out there about the gospel and about what saves, mm-hmm. and yeah. we're, we're called to mm-hmm. to be clear with the gospel. Yeah. You talking about tracks? My my daughter has brought me one from y'all's church every Sunday. She's done a wanna. <laughs> She's like, "Can I get one from my daddy?" <laughs> every week. <laughs> Most I give them out at truck. the end, um, and I share a little bit on the back of it. And I think that really needs to be, I mean, part of every closing ceremony at a, you know a wanna whatever is that you at least share the gospel yep. and. And offer it in that way, and so. Well, a lot of times the parents are there at the end. That's mm-hmm. right. What? Uh, who was it? It was a theologian or a preacher, uh, you know, famous one that would always make the statement, you know, wherever I'm preaching in the Bible, I preach the text and then make a beeline to Jesus. Uh, who uh, said Charles, that? Uh, Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know that's. I mean, that's kind of the mm-hmm. what we're getting at. And you know, right now we are with our students. We're going through the Old Testament. But uh, we're using the Gospel Project. One thing I, I like about that curriculum is they they kind of already help you out with the beeline to Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's a Christ connection yeah. section oh, yeah, yeah. in all of it. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, anytime we are we are serving in any way, we need to have our gospel glasses on, our, oh. our uh, um, evangelistic glasses, if you will, and be seeking that way to share the basic truths that. All of mankind is separated and lost from God without Christ, mm-hmm. and He died on the cross for our sins. Lived sinless, sin, sinless life, died on our cross, or died on the cross. You know, just proclaiming the basics of the gospel. We should always be seeking to do that, no matter what we're doing. Right. Yeah. So some of those tracks. Um, so I'll I'll take them and and I try to screen and pick out what I'm going to do at the very end. So it's like the cards. Got saying on one side and something on the back. Sometimes they'll look like a gift card, like Walmart. And I'll get out there sometimes saying, I would do this. When I turn over and start reading, 
and before I know it, it, it sounds very free will. Uh-huh. And I'm like, <laughs> lay it back down. <laughs> lay that one back down. <laughs> and they, they'll come up, hey, can I get a car? Can I get one? And I'm like, I'll do the sign. Not this free will one here, but uh, so anyway, th- those things come really good. We had a lady in our church a couple Sundays ago tell me, express the concern she had because she's on our search committee at our church. We're, we're in the middle of seeking a pastor. But um, she uh, she brought brought something up and asked me if I'd heard there was a a preacher in our county preached a sermon without the Bible, preached it out of a different book. Um, it was something about eat that frog and how to get over your procrastination or something. I, it, it was she was telling me about, and I it just blew my mind. That something probably, something like that was yeah. was local. He probably had a Catholic Bible, maybe maybe apocryphal. Maybe I, I don't know. No, it it was like that was the name of the book was something about eating and he frog. Out of that? Yes, it, it huh. was. Uh, yeah, she uh, she was very concerned, and it kind of concerns Ooh. me too that it's something like that local. Like you, you always yeah. think like it. Oh, it ain't it ain't gonna be close to us, but that, yeah, that's. Yeah, our county's local it. enough. You see it? Yeah. Eat that frog action. 21 great ways to stop procrastinating oh. and get more done in Red less out. time by Brian Tracy. So what was the whole point of the that she was not just procrastinating? I, I don't know. I hadn't I hadn't had a chance to to find where she had listened to it, but she's one of our very active members. She's a she she's been a member of Rich Groove for yeah decades. She she taught my daddy when he was in school, and me too, which I feel sorry for. Her. <laughs> <laughs> but so I want you I want you so so we're talking about that book. So I stood up on <clears throat> Sunday morning and I read this quote. So I'm gonna read it, and I want you to guess who said it. Okay. All right. So maybe this would be a guess who said it segment. I don't know. <laughs> Well, that right. sounds like a new segment right. to start. All right, so here we go. He said, it is now over. This has never been a case of trying to get free. Um, I didn't, so this person's in jail, okay? So I didn't never want freedom. Frankly, I wanted death for myself. This was a case to tell the world that I did what I did, but not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I knew I was sick of evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. The doctors have told me about my sickness, and now I have some peace. I know how much harm I have caused. Thank God there will be no more harm that I can do. I believe that only the Lord Jesus Christ can save me from my sins. I ask for no consideration. Who said that? I do not know. Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Really, I've heard that. Before. I think mm-hmm. I've read that before. See, yeah. now Christy probably could have told you that. She, she's a serial she, killer. Yeah, she likes the yet. serial killer stuff. Now, am I saying that? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, am I saying that Jeffrey Dahmer's that would be something to get to heaven? And there's Jeffrey Dahmer, and you're like, whoa. So, again, I don't think that'll be on our mind anyhow. Nope. That's right. <laughs> nope. That's right. Yep. But yeah, that that's crazy to think that's. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. So, who said it? Jeffrey Dahmer. All right. So, all right. Uh, R.C. Sprawl. Here's here's a quote, maybe a little bit more theologically (laughs) in our wheelhouse here. Uh, R.C. Sprawl said, The King James Version translators were telling us that the Holy Spirit comes to the people of Christ not to heal their wounds after a battle, but to strengthen them before and during a struggle. The idea is that the church operates not so much as a hospital, but as an army. And by the way, I've heard people refer to the church as a hospital. So not as a hospital, but as an army. And the Holy Spirit comes to empower and strengthen Christians to ensure victory or conquest. R.C. Sproul. Uh, And I've heard people would say that, that the church is a hospital for, you know, it's a hospital for sinners. No, yeah, I get yeah. the idea of limp, you know, yeah. believers hurt and mangled and waiting for a recovery. And although the body of Christ is to help us in our spiritual growth 
but I think we get the wrong idea if that is our idea of how the Holy Spirit operates in the church. Well, one, I think one one place that comes from is uh, a historical. I say historical. I mean the last hundred years, a lack of personal responsibility uh, mm-hmm. in the American believer uh, to share the gospel. Um, I mean, I, as pastors, how many times have we had people who, uh, and this, I mean, this is good. They they had talked to their friends or their kids or somebody about Christ, and that, and they, you know, they. Uh, I guess they led that person to Christ, but then they still want to come to the pastor and, and have us talk to them mm-hmm. to make sure that it was, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like mm-hmm. this, uh, like, like the pastor has to lead somebody to Christ. And yeah. So you got to invite people to church to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the church is to equip, right? equip us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the functions of the church. The church is to bring glory, glory to God. Uh, but part of what it does is to equip the believer mm-hmm. to be on the mission, and the the lack of responsibility, personal responsibility, that individual believers have mm-hmm. had in that over the last century, has led to this idea of the church is a hospital for sinners. You bring people here to hear the gospel, yeah. whereas the gospel is actually told out yeah. there, and then we bring them mm-hmm. here to equip them. Right, we we gain our strength, and when when you say things like the the church is not for unbelievers, people are like, huh? <laughs> that is essentially the church is not for unbelievers, and so mm-hmm. we fashion our order of service around unbelievers coming in. We have a message that we have, you know, uh, unbeliever comes in, they're going to hear the gospel. Yeah, surely there's people who might not know who Christ, you know. Christ is Lord, and I think we got it all wrong uh, in that. I'm not talking about you know our local churches, but there there are a, a lot of the vast majority of churches that you know that cater to sinners. You know, sinners need to hear the gospel, but the church is for edification of the body and to mobilize, to to move out, not to be inward focused. And um, so, so yeah, I was thinking about that this, was it yesterday, about, and we've, we spoke about this earlier on, about the, um, the sense of orthodox belief, orthodoxy leads to orthopraxy, orthodoxy, right worship, right understanding about theology and about God leads us to right practice, live out our faith. And so if we're, if we're not, we don't know, you know, what the Bible says about these things. Then our practice is going to be weak and anemic. Yeah, a, a, a verse that kind of goes with that: Ephesians four, um, eleven and twelve. Um, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. I mean, the, we're, mm-hmm. we come together to be equipped to carry out the mission. And uh, that's a verse yeah. there. It's like, again, that's Ephesians yeah. chapter 4, mm-hmm. 11 and 12. Yeah. I would suspect when we get to the topic of of um, the church, uh, ecclesiology, those type things, that uh, we will certainly talk about uh, fears that people have in the church of sharing their faith. Because because that does happen, you know, and they're like, people are like, well, I feel inadequate, you know, um, I don't know what to say, um, those type things, and and that really is where the where the Holy Spirit gives us strength and yeah. and and a word of encouragement in that, uh, as pastors, when we experience that too, uh, I know whenever I feel led to talk to somebody about the Lord, there's always. Uh, just a a, a pull, mm-hmm. or or just a well, this ain't the right time, or they don't want to hear. They it. don't want to hear mm-hmm. it, or even what if they ask something you don't know how to respond to, or the same 
cut some of the same stuff that that uh, anybody else struggles with with sharing their faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and some sometimes you might be scared of looking different. Yeah. Sounding oh, yeah. different. Mm-hmm. You, yep. you wouldn't fit in no more. And that's uh. I remember uh, many times just trying to figure out. Um, it's always kind of awkward for me, like at the end of. Um, when we have like commencement service, so it's like at vacation Bible school or like when we end Awana, you know, or something like that. And, um, I have the, the final remarks, you know, I'd always try to share the gospel somewhere. I remember one year I shared the, the story. Um, and I, it's always, I always try to be mindful that there are people that have led these students this whole week through their lessons the ABCs, which is mostly Wednesday nights, I think. Wednesdays or Thursdays. And so I always try to direct some responsibility to them. You know, like, um, if you've believed in, you know, Christ, you know, I do the raise your hand thing or whatever, and then they pay attention, you know. If 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 you see a hand raised, and it's been a while since we had vacation Bible school, but... To, to pay attention to that and see, you know, you vacation Bible school leaders, you know, get with those people kind of thing. Um, because there is a responsibility that, that every Christ follower has of sharing their faith and, yeah. So, anyway, let's, um, let's have some coffee and then uh, we'll... Um, Sure, I'll share that story, <laughs> our encounter, and how the I I chalk it up to the Holy Spirit's work. Yeah. yeah. So I, we'll uh, we'll come I, back to that in a minute. I chalk it up to you being able to listen to conversations <laughs> at one time, multitasking, eavesdropping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Thomas is with us today, so we know that we're going to have some Black Rifle coffee. Um, big fan, Thomas of Black Rifle. Why don't you? Hey. Tell us a little bit about the... Yeah, so uh, this is uh, one of their whole bean roast. I do a monthly subscription. I've been getting this one a couple months. It's a medium roast. It's uh, supposed to have hints of cinnamon. Um, and they said the bag was inspired by the Declaration of Independence. Okay. Is, yeah, it's a pretty cool bag. I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the bag looks pretty cool, but it's still not my favorite. My favorite's the Blackbeard's. Yeah, um, delight. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like that one. Um, mm-hmm. Christy told me you need to switch back, but... I like I like switching it up. They got like seven or eight different ones on the monthly subscription. So, mm-hmm. well, don't let Nicholas Cage know. He'll be digging through the bag. He'll, he'll be trying to steal it. He'll be trying to steal it if it's the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, he, okay. can, he can have that one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, I just watched that movie with my daughter this week. So let's talk about it. Did you taste cinnamon? Man, I drink enough of it. I, I it's kinda just kind of—it's like water. Lost the hint. <laughs> no, nah, it—it's got it. I've—I do it in an air press at the house, and I seem to get more of the cinnamon out of that. I don't know why, but um, and then I do it in a French press, and it's really earthy. Then I certainly didn't notice it, but after I read, read the bag here, the last little sip I just took, I maybe 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 mm-hmm. I find a little cinnamon. But that's like we've talked about the last few times. A lot of those little hints, if they're not super pronounced, I just don't mm-hmm. pick up on them. No. I want to know what Larry thought it tasted mm-hmm. like. <laughs> well, I felt like I needed a little bit of lemon-lime in mine. That <laughs> <laughs> it had a... Mm. So, had a uh, in, my, in my B.C. days, before Christ... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did uh, a little, a little bit of, of drinking, um, and um, had a little bit of a Corona taste to it, which reminded me of that a little bit of a, a, a of a sulfurish. Sometimes you would find in a. I taste the sulfury a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So Corona's already always reminded me of a struck match, yeah. without the lemon, you know, and so. Not to say you. that this tastes like that, but I definitely picked up on that hint of that tone. Now, I haven't drank enough of it to to really conclusively say, you know, but if I was just off of what I've sipped, I would probably get it three, five, four, somewhere around there. 
but again, I haven't drank enough of it to really give a conclusive rating on it. Yeah, one thing I've noticed about the Black Rifle beans, every one of them I've had, they're darker than the typical bean at that the roast level. So this is a medium, mm -hmm. and the bean looks like a medium dark. You I, yeah, yeah. I, I got one. I'm going to get um, y'all to try it too, but I don't I don't know that I want to say the name of it. The dark it one? like your cup? Oh, it's, they call it murdered out. It's supposed to be extra dark. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, the dark ones Buscadine. look really dark to me. And but I mean I I like it I'd probably give it a three point five also for any uh, like mass packaged bean that's about as high as I've ever had like three point five um, to get to the fours and above it's it's always been stuff that's like roasted right then home for, home yeah roasted. home roasted. I, mean, I may have had. I think when we went to what was that place in Nashville, the Elixir. But they stuff. had it was. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it had it was roasted the day mm -hmm. before we had it. Mm -hmm. But as far as like something that's packaged and shipped, and uh, um, and I've had that one about yeah. a month. Well, I mean, yeah, and you know yeah. they're they're packaging this that's in a factory a somewhere, so the quickest oh, yeah. you're gonna get it to you is, a, is probably a month, maybe it, maybe two weeks at the most. Some. Or at the earliest, they got some I want to get y'all. They do a, um, they do special blends every so often. Like we just got one, Christy really liked with you. Sweet Van, but they do they're limited runs. Like they do a limited mm -hmm. amount, and they're from like specific areas and stuff. Those are those are usually pretty yeah. good too. And you said you get these on uh, subscription. Yeah, I get. So they, they're probably get, about as fresh as they're gonna get. I get two bags a month. Um, on the subscription, and then if I want to add, like, say they come out with a new roast and I want to try it, I can add it to my thing. And most time my order goes in, I got to wait. Normally it ain't – normally before they ship it, they, like, roast it and then ship it. Okay, well, yeah, so that's like the um, – So it's relatively fresh. Onyx. Uh, they don't ship until after it's – you know, they don't mm -hmm. roast until after you've ordered. So, I mean, it, it, it could be a week or two old by the time you get it. Yeah, so that's, that, that's pretty that good. Another four weeks. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, like with the green, when you order unroasted, um, if there's one that's really a popular one, by the time, like say, by the time I roast five pounds of coffee and come out to get that one, they're sold out. They're yeah. gone. The best one I've got is is an organic uh, or bad organic bean, and it's sold out. So I think you need to try black ivory. Yeah. No. If somebody put a cup of black ivory in front of me and said, this is black ivory, I'd probably drink it. I think we're going to do a mystery bean one day. That, well, if you if you spend $130 on a Thomas, if you bag, bring that, we'll drink it. $130 worth of cup. The next time I come back, we might have a Tastes like a peanuts. <laughs> or corn. Be a little nutty. <laughs> Asparagus. Is that bamboo? <laughs> Corn, how'd that get there? <laughs> I hope y'all screen it with. <laughs> uh, how we have gone downhill. <laughs> all right, so. It's all in the company um, you keep. Holy Spirit. How Holy Spirit leads us, guides us, directs us, shuts our mouth, or, or opens it. it. Yeah, so. Here's a story um, of an encounter at a restaurant. I want to. I think this is a pretty good example um, because this is so. You ever done anything that's like out of your character, and you look back, it's like, Lord, that had to be you because that weren't me. Kinda. Yeah, when I but, preach. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Meet well. Well, I think we're all there. Yeah. I don't ever get up. I would never get up and say, "This is all." Look at me, um, because. Because I, I remember having a guy tell me, you know, one time he said, well, when you first stood up to preach, I didn't know I didn't know about you. I didn't know you were going to do good. And that's the kind of people that God uses. So anyway, um, so we were at a restaurant, and it was Thomas and myself went into this restaurant, and uh, we were having breakfast. And I had coffee because I was fasting. And go to go to this restaurant. You probably need to save your appetite to have a little breakfast. But 
needless to say, I was having coffee, and so we're having a conversation. I don't even remember what our conversation was about. I don't either. <laughs> but because these there's two gentlemen in they were probably I'd say what, twenty feet apart? Yeah. Twenty, thirty feet apart across the room. And they're talking to one another and they are supposed members of a church, each one at a different church. And both of them are dogging out the pastor, and they're dogging out the church. And one guy said something to the effect of, all preachers are money-hungry, or it's a money-making scheme. That's what he said. And so he started talking about the church and his pastor, and Thomas was talking to me, and I got one ear, <laughs> one ear, like, I pick up on it. He's talking to me, and I'm like, trying to look him in the face and concentrate and listen here at the same time uh, to these guys talk. And I got to the point I couldn't take any more. And uh, Thomas, you remember what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, all I heard was something about the, the churches run like big business. And yeah. next thing I know, Larry's standing up, got the chair pulled I over said, there. Ho, 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 wait a minute. I said, hold on. I said, hold on a minute. I took my chair and sat right down in the middle of both of them, right in the middle of this restaurant. The whole other uh, front of the, of the business was almost full of people. And I, I, so I said, I started talking to him about some organizations in the church that are charitable and, and do outreach and missions, you know, with the, for the purpose of missions, not just for doing good works. Oh, yeah, I see how those are good things. I see how those are good things. And then starts talking about, well, I don't think a pastor should get paid. I don't think a preacher should get paid. They say, yeah, by the way, what you do? I said, I'm a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and then they asked me what church I was at and all that. And, um, so come to find out, uh, this one guy, he was not, I mean, he wasn't a member. He probably rarely ever went to his church, and they were a free will Baptist church he was talking about. This guy over here on the other side, he was talking about his pastor, and, and he didn't know the struggles that his pastor was going through. And I'm not going to disclose those things, but he, he didn't have any idea that the pastor, that pastor at church was going through a lot of different things with illness in his family. He couldn't get out and visit like he once may have been able to do before. He just threw him under the bus, through the mud, and and I talked about that earlier about the things I, you know, wish churches wouldn't do that don't do, and that's kind of one of those things. And um. I just couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't take it. Now, that's not like me. I will, I, I mean, I, I won't take a chair and sit down in the middle of a restaurant, and that's just not me. But it was as if the Lord jumped me out of my seat and boom. Now, do I have scriptural merit for that? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I can find some scripture for it, but uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have not. I wouldn't have done that on my own. You know, I would have just let it go and got out and said, "Them two people are sinners." You know. So, anyway, that's our encounter. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of yeah. bewildered because I won't pay any attention. And I just leave. Like, hold on a minute. What? Yeah, you're like, where are you going? <laughs> Start, start, start serving tables here. <laughs> well, normally when I hear that, somebody's got to run, run to the porcelain throne, you know. But <laughs> no. He was toting his chair with him, so I didn't think uh -huh. that was the case. Yeah, and they looked at me like, "Oh Lord, that guy." He's like, "Oh yeah, he's like, oh, guys are uh -oh. big as a dinner plate." He's like, uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it it is crazy what what the spirit will lead us to do outside of our normal character, because I got high school teachers and stuff that hear me preach every now and then, lead Sunday school and stuff like that. And high school, middle school, you'd have never, mm -hmm. never pinned me as somebody standing from the no, crowd and told yeah. me. And I still don't. I still kind of clam up if I'm if I haven't put in the preparation and the work and and the study time. I still kind of clam up and don't really know what to say and. But it's uh, it's amazing what the Spirit will do working through you, and what mm -hmm. He empowers you to be able to do, as far as enlightening Scripture for you, for you and helping you reveal the truth of that Scripture. Right, that's good. 
All right. Any closing? Well, I I have enjoyed just sitting around and talking this evening. and Always good to have you with us, Thomas. Thank you all for having me. I, I yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, we need to we need to do that pontoon thing. I, let me. I got to. I got to put a fuel pump on the pontoon boat. I'm going. I'm bypassing the the cheap doghouse pump that's on. I'm going to put an electric one and be done with it. That's one good thing about being a mechanic. I can I can get around it. That's right. But I'm me. I'm going to set it up because it'll run. I don't let that pontoon boat run like twenty twenty five mile an hour. And what we can do since since I'm talking about jugging. That that takes a lot of running. We'll take pontoon boat, anchor it. We can use a little pond, use a little John boat, run the jugs up. Yeah. So, I think we talked about this in between segments. Uh, so, what we were kind of throwing the idea around is we mentioned several times. You know, we part of this podcast is just things we love. We love coffee. We love theology. And there's one other thing we really love, which is fishing. And, uh, and hunting, but I'm by myself there. Uh, I like hunting, all right. But <laughs> yeah, I, that's not really practical. Yeah, <laughs> hunting and then and talking the and then like and then doing a podcast and then oh we we do it in a wild game night. I know what I can do. I can cook a beaver one night. I'll just cook it whole. Yeah, and we'll okay. do a podcast yeah. with beaver on yeah, the table. Okay. Now, Thomas, there's this deer. This there's deer walking up. Tell us how uh, how harvesting this deer is glorified. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be interesting. Yeah. But no, uh, we were talking about maybe a practical way. One of the dilemmas we've had with that is cameras on the boat, all that kind of stuff. And uh, Thomas mentioned his pontoon boat, and we were like, "That's very doable." So uh, yeah, cause it yeah. ain't got nothing but a center console. We could set up a table and chairs and whatever you needed. Yeah. Fish off That's the front of the boat. And, by the end of season three, yeah, we will have done it. Now people are probably be going by. It's like, what's going on there? <laughs> I don't know. It might be a good outreach thing with rock season yeah. coming up. Oh yeah, be like, come get you a rock sandwich. I like, I like the way you think. <laughs> yeah, people, people are listening like rock sandwich. What? Yeah, that, yeah, what we're eating that? some granite. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you're not from uh, this part of the country, that's just another name for a striped bass. That's the fish. right name the, for a striped bass. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> right name. Some people, we fished the Roanoke, and people would come from up north, and they would say, "What, what are you, what are you targeting?" Oh, striped rock bass. What? Yeah, striped striped rock bass or something. What they call it? Man, yeah. until they cut the season down, there was thousands of people come from oh, yeah. Florida right on up mm-hmm. to Maine, come yeah. down to fish. And yeah. we'll still see it if we go out there one of them weekends during rock season. You'll be able to walk from Winston to Janesville and never touch the water. <laughs> Boats <laughs> everywhere. Yep. Okay. Well, good. We're going to close this out on episode four, the Holy Holy Spirit. And we'll continue next week with uh, hopefully we'll have another special guest with us. And uh, you'll have to tune in to see who that is. All right. God bless you. Thank you for joining us, and we hope today's discussion has encouraged and challenged you. Please join us again next week as we discuss biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee. Just so you know about how sheltered a life I've lived, when you said it tasted like Corona, I thought you meant the virus. <laughs> <laughs> so it has no taste. <laughs> yeah, no taste to it. Yep. That's like. That's